קידושין דף סמך המבייס, reward before the deed, כל האומר אמנת כאומר מעכשיו דמי. In the morning there's a special quality to learning early in the morning when you start off the day with learning. There's a special quality to learning live, not just learning on one's own or learning, uh, learning digitally. There's an enormous amount of schus, a lot of positive energy in us sitting here in the Beis HaMedrash and, and learning each morning. And may that schus help to bring back the shvuyim alive and well. May it help to comfort those who've lost people and to protect the soldiers who are protecting us. The reward is something we use as a motivational tool and we use it in, in, in order to express appreciation. Somebody does a good job of work and we, we reward them. whether it's through in, in, in a work situation, through a bonus, or in through it, with children, you'll give them a reward, or you're, whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll express our appreciation materially to people. And that's, that's a motivation to people, not because they do it for the reward only, but also because in that reward, there, there is a lot of motivation. But motivation doesn't always need to be after the deed. In fact, sometimes motivation is better before the deed. You see what people are doing and what they're, what they're sending the soldiers on the, on the borders and everybody's piling in and send, sending them. And they're sending it with such love. If you look at what's in those packages that people are sending, it's not just the necessities. It's the, the, the sweets, the cookies and the chocolates and the, just, just and children are involved and everybody's involved. And the soldiers are saying just how motivating that is to, to know that people love them and care about them and, and are invested in them. Uh, we're not waiting for them to win the war and then send them the cookies and the chocolates. We, we, we're doing that up front, and, and we don't do that enough. Uh, when you're dealing with somebody of high ethic, you can reward them up front. Benjamin Zander is a, a professor of music and a conductor of an orchestra in Boston. Many of you might know his work. And when he walks into a class at the beginning of a course, he says to his students, you've all got A's. You can relax. I don't even know you. Each one of you are going to have an A at the end of the year, I promise you. So you don't have to prove anything anymore. Now you can enjoy yourself. Now you can have a good time. You've got your A's. The idea of rewarding people up front, so much of what we do is for the reward that comes at the end and for the reward that we're always working for something that's going to come later on. But there's also sometimes a need to be able to enjoy the reward up front. And then, as Benjamin Zander says to his students, then show me what you can do to deserve the A. And your reward is not the A. The reward is the fun and the pleasure and the growth And the challenge that you're going to have along the journey, that is, that is in itself the reward. And we'll see how Shem works that way too. And we'll work it from a very technical halachic principle. We've talked very often how you cannot use philosophy and, and the ta'amea mitzvot in order to draw halachic conclusions. You can't paskan a halacha or create a halacha based on some kind of philosophic perspective. Because as we learned some, some time ago in the Matmonim, when it comes to the ta'amea mitzvot, when it comes to meaning of a mitzvah, each person has to find their own meaning. Uh, and that's why the Torah doesn't tell us what the meaning is. Find your own meaning. What does it mean to you? But that's, that's subjective, which is fine when you're dealing with taste, because taste is, me, is, is subjective. And ta'amea mitzvot, the reasons for the mitzvot, ta'am means taste. So it's, it's okay for the reasons, for the philosophy of the mitzvot to be somewhat subjective. That can't lead us to paskening halacha, to making halachic decisions that are subjective. We're dealing at the moment with a world that has lost its head because of moral subjectivity. Everybody's got a view. Everybody's got an opinion as to what is right and what is wrong. No. What is right and what is wrong, the Torah determines. What is right and what is wrong, you work out halachically. 
once you know what is right and what is wrong, you can use that knowledge to develop a broader philosophic and conceptual framework in which to, in which to live. And here we'll see an, an example today of how we take a, a, a very technical halachic principle and use it to understand principles of life and to understand the posuk in the Torah, whereas the other way around we wouldn't do it. So the principle in the, in the Al Gemara is a principle of Rav Huna in the name of Rebbe, which we see many times it comes in Besech de Gitin. We heard it in Dafayin Dalet, Dafayin Ches, back in Gitin. And that is Kol HaOmer Almanat Ko'omer Me'achshav Dami. When a person uses the word almanat in a tanai, so you can say to somebody, I'm doing this for you, bitanai that. I'm giving you X on condition that you do Y. That's bitanai. But we can also use the word almanat, which means the same, but it's a little different. And our mission is talking about such cases. Once again, our mission on Dafsamah Hamadalaf, as we discussed yesterday, is case that is stories. A man says to a woman, Hareyat mekudeshitli, you be my wife, Almanachi attend the Zeus. I know you think I'm a poor, a poor guy and you might not want to marry me. I'm marrying you on condition I can prove to you that I will give you 200 Zeus, in addition to the ring I'm giving you now. So I read Makudeshitli, but I'm going to give you 200 Zeus, and if I don't give you 200 Zeus, no marriage. So you're okay now to marry me. That's what he says. But he uses the word almanat. Says Rebbe Rafun in the name of Rebbe, almanat doesn't mean the marriage will be it will take effect when I give you the two hundred zoos. Almanat means the marriage takes effect now, and I have to give you the two hundred zoos. That's something I'm committed, I'm obligated to do to give you the two hundred zoos. But the marriage takes place from now. The Gemara goes into a, a detailed discussion around that, which we won't do at the moment. This has halachic ramifications, which the Rambam brings la'aloch and the Shulchan Aruch, Paskin's la'aloch and Evan Simon Lamed Ches. And that is that since Almanat works differently, it's different from a Tanai. A Tanai is, I'm marrying you on condition that I will give you 200 zoos in the future. That means, and when I give you the 200 zoos, we'll be married. You can't back out of it then. You, nothing, nothing can change. We're committed, but we're committed to an event in the future. That's a tanai. And a tanai is governed by all of the, the four basic principles that govern a tanai. To make the tanai similar to the tanai of the Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven. You remember we've had this, this before. We're introduced to the idea of tanai because a, the, a, a tanai is inherently contradictory to the action. Because what are you saying? I'm marrying you. And we know how important a word is when a person says a word. That's it. Well, it's, it's, it's real. And then you say, but on condition. What even gives you the right to introduce a condition afterwards? That's a chidush in the Torah. We learn that from Tanai Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruvain, that we can do conditional things. We can make conditional arrangements with, with people. And the condition is what determines the moment of, of initiation. But not if you say almanat, and therefore if you say almanat, you don't need all the conditions of tanai because this isn't really a tanai. You're saying it's from now. I'm marrying you now. I'm committing to do something in the future, but it's not dependent on my doing something in the future. As long as the condition is something that it's within my power to fulfill. Now, let's take this principle and skip to a completely different topic, which is Parshas Re'eh in, in the Chumash. Re'eh anochi noten lifnechem ayom bracha uchlala. I'm giving you today a blessing and a curse, says Moshe to the Bnei Yisrael. 
את הברכה שתשמעו את מצוות השם אלוקיכם אשר אנוכי מצווה אתכם היום. The ברוכי is that you will listen to the מצווה סף השם. והקללה, אם לא תשמעו את מצוות השם אלוקיכם וסרתם מן הדרך. And the curse is, if you don't listen to the words of השם and you deviate from the way to follow false gods, then terrible things will happen. That's the, the קללה. Says Rashi, את הברכה על מנת אשר תשמעו. So now that we've, that, that's how Chumash starts sounding differently when you're a bit of a Talmud Chochem, when you know the Gemoras. So you've learned a Gemora in, in Gittin and in Kiddushin, Almanat, and all of a sudden it rings a bell. Now you look at the Rashi, Almanat Asher Tishmu. What is Rashi saying? Almanat Asher Tishmu. That's what it means. What is Rashi adding? Ah, Almanat. Rav Huna in the name of Rebbe. What did Rav Huna in the name of Rebbe say? Almanat means Me'akshav. Asks the Mizrahi, we haven't quoted the Mizrahi before in the Matmonim so far. The Mizrahi is the most foundational perush on Rashi on Chumash. And he lived in Turkey in the, in the 15th century. He was uh, not only a great Hamid Chochem, he was an astronomer and a mathematician, but, but he wrote the work on, on Rashi that really started everything else. And he says, Why doesn't Rashi say, Why does he say, Why does he say, The bracha will be if you listen. What's Almanat? Why is he using Almanat? Because Rashi notices that there's a difference between the bracha and the klala. The bracha is asher tishmu, and the klala is im lo tishmu. The bracha is that you will listen, and the klala, the curse, is in the event that you will not listen. And Rashi is referencing that difference in, in tone. But the Mizrahi goes into a difficult explanation that doesn't really satisfy. There's a beautiful Sfas Emes. Where the Sfas Emes says, "Pirush Rashi al Menat Asher Tishmu Efshal Omar Kavanat Rashi, the Moshe Rabbeinu alav Ashalom ba'Ahavatol Yisrael, haya mishdokek mod Moshe just wanted to be sure she'abrachot yachulu alehim miyad that the brachas will be immediate, that they won't have to wait and prove themselves to get the A at the end of the year." The Moshe Rabbeinu teaches the principle that Benjamin Zander used millennia later: give the A up front, give the bracha up front. What Moshe is saying, this is not im. Im is the, the curse. If you don't follow Hashem, you don't listen to Hashem, then there will be punishment in the future. But Hashem, Hashem will give you the brocha up front. The man says, you're going to, I'm marrying you, Almanat, that I'll give you 200 zoos sometime in the future, but the marriage is now. Almanat asher tishmu, the brochas almanat, the brochas come immediately, says the Tzvasemis. And that, just that idea is taken further by, uh, by the Hamekdova, by the Malbim, by the Balaturim himself. The Hamekdova says, the Medrash tells us, that Hashem says you must put tzitzis on your, on your garments. But where do you get garments from? So the fact that you've got a garment to put tzitzis on is a bracha from Hashem. Why is He giving you a garment? We, we spoke a few days ago in the Matmonium about the purpose of, of pleasure, the purpose of the life. Of, of life. It's Hashem gives us the things we need in order to, to live the Torah. You, to live tzitzis, you need a beggar. To put a mezuzah on, you need a house. So we think, ah, oh, I've got a house. What do I have to do now? Yeah, I must go and get mezuzah sometime. 
I've got clothes, I need to go and do something. No, no, no. You were given the house so that you can put on mezuzahs. That's why you got a house. And everything that comes with a mezuzah, you, was given, you were given a house for Achmasas Ochim. It's not, now we have a house. Hmm. So we can start inviting people around. No, no, no. You were given a house so that you invite people around. That's why you were given the house. Now I can have a shir in my house. I can have my chavrusa learning in my house. That's why you were given the house. Says the Hamik Dover, the Natsiv, Imken Habrachahu Kadei Asher Tishmun. That's the Almanat. The Brocha comes first. It's along the same lines as the Sfasemis points out based on our Gemara. Almanat means from now. I'll give it to you now because I want you to use what I give you for the right reasons. I'll give you the raw materials so that you can be Mikhaim the Mitzvahs. It's a completely different approach to life to the things we have around us, to we've got to, we've got to look at all the bracha we have, everything that we have, and not just say, thank God, I'm so fortunate, Hashem gave me bracha. And, no, and therefore, keep going. Hashem gave me bracha, so that I will use this bracha to be mekadeh Shemayim, to, to amplify Hashem's presence in the world. That's why He gave me bracha. We've got to take it to that next level, not just sit back and say, I'm so grateful, Hashem gave me bracha. And it's the same with, with Eretz Yisrael. That's why I said in the, in, in the video clip that, that I put out, Hashem gave us Eretz Yisrael to do certain things with Eretz Yisrael, not a mess up. That's not why He gave us Eretz Yisrael. And we've got to use it. And He gave us a lot of broch and He gives it to us up front, long before we, we're even doing the things we're meant to be doing, so that we will do them. But if we're not using Eretz Yisrael for what we're meant to be using it, then Eretz Yisrael is at risk. And so with all the things we've got, if we're not using the bracha for what Hashem gave it to us, if Hashem cares about us, if He doesn't care about it, it makes no difference. But if He cares about us, then the very bracha becomes at risk because we're not fulfilling the almanat. I gave this to you. It's like the man says, I married you and I'll give you the 200 zoos. One month goes by, two months goes by, a year goes by, two years goes by. She says, what's with the 200 zoos? It's coming, it's coming. No, no, no. Almanat means I'm going to do this. I'm, this is something important. This is... This is Part of the very act of getting married. The Malbim goes further and says, It's not that I'll give you the brocha so that you will listen to Hashem. The brocha is listening to Hashem. What greater brocha is there than the privilege of being able to live a life of Torah and mitzvot? What is there more than that? That is the brocha. Again, back to the Benjamin Zander example. It's not that you will get an A or that I'm giving you an A, so I'm giving you the brocha up front. You've got your A, that's the brocha. No, the brocha is going to be the music you play. That's the brocha. The fact that you're going to be sitting in my class and you're going to be working with all these wonderful musicians, creating the most beautiful music, that's the brocha. The brocha is that you're living a life of Torah. What greater brocha is that? The brocha is you're living in Eretz Israel. The brocha is you're living a Jewish life. You're able to start every morning with a piece of Gemara that opens your mind into some new understandings of, of not only of the Torah, but of the world. And of what greater bracha is that? And from that you go and you put on your tefillin and you say Kriya Shema and you daven an Amida before the Rebbeinu Shalom. But what greater bracha is there than that? What do you have to go looking for? Where's the bracha? That is the bracha, says the Malbi. And that's Asher Tishmun. It's right up front. The bracha is right up front. It's not an outcome. The bracha is the thing itself. So either you learn like the Sfasemis and the Hamik that the brocha comes first so that you fulfill the mitzvah, or the Malbin goes further and says the brocha is that very thing, that the reward is in the thing itself. And the Balaturim then says, don't forget, we always look, and as I often mention, when we look at the Balaturim, we think of him as the Gematria man. And you forget the Balaturim is the Tur. The Tur is the foundation of all the halacha we have. The foundation of the of the Shulchan Aruch, the two, the son of the Rosh. This is our link to the Rishonim. This is our link, the the, the link between Psak Halacha today and the Gemara is the two. 
So when the Balaturim comments, it's not, it's not a light thing. And he says, Biklala amar imlo tishmu vevracha amar she tishmu. And they're all concerned about the same thing. Velo amar im belashon safek, v'amar ashem belashon ashrei. Asher also comes from the word of ashrei. I'm giving this to you, Asher Tishmu'un, because Ashrei, you're fortunate in the very act of listening to Hashem and keeping his mitzvahs. That's the Ashrei, that's the best thing, that is the reward. It's along the lines of the Malbim. It follows the, the thinking of the Hamikdor, which follows the thinking of the Svasem. It's just the same, although the, the Balatrim came before all of them, of course, but it's, a, it's the same kind of thinking. This is the Ashrei. I'm giving this to you up front because this is your happiness, this is your richness. And then he says, how does it all start? Hashem, does he just give us things unconditionally? What do we have to do to set it in motion? Says the, the Balaturim so brilliantly, look at soft tevot. Look at the last letters of each of these words and you'll find taf vov reish hey. You'll find the, the words of Torah. And when the Balaturim says soft tevot, that's always indicating it as an outcome. This is the end of the letter. So Torah leads to the outcome. What kicks it all off? We have to start it all off. We started off with Torah. We started off with, with connecting ourselves to Torah. And we know the price of Rabbi Pinchas Once you start learning, once you're into Torah, once your mind is in Torah, everything starts following. Your whole life becomes elevated. Everything you do operates at a different level. And so we kick the process off with Torah. And the result of that is that Hashem gives us bracha. And with the bracha, we do the mitzvot. We live the kind of life that Hashem, Hashem wants us to live. That's the sequence of, of events. Just a way of understanding one word in the Chumash based on a halachic principle of, of Rebbe that Rav Huna teaches us that kol ha'omer almanat or ka'omer me'achshav, whenever a person uses the word almanat rather than im, im means if, almanat means in order that, they're slightly different. I'm doing this if the following will happen in the future. Almanat is, I'm doing this in order that the following will happen in the future. This is enabling what will happen in the future. And Hashem gives us the bracha almanat in order that we are asher tishmun, we're able to live the kind of life He wants us to live. 